Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise God. In your Bibles, turn if you will to James chapter, James chapter 4. Now, we've been studying on Wednesday nights what we call uh, a sign of the times because one of the reasons that's motivated me to do that. And let me say this also, I am working on getting my new iPad up and running. Thank you for those that are so kind to me to give me a beautiful iPad and then other people gave different pieces to it and, and uh, Miss Breland's going to help me figure all that out. But I'm, in the meantime, I'm still on notes and things. So anyway, uh, what really motivated me and, and stirred my spirit, a man of God years ago, uh, said to me personally, he said, if you don't understand what's going on in the days and hours which you live, you'll never, you know, you'll never be able to navigate. You won't know how to get through it correctly. He said, every believer must understand the times in which they live. And, you know, this is not the 70s, it's not the 80s, the 90s, it's not the, uh, the 2010s or 20, whatever we call them. It's 2020. It's, it's the year 2020. Jesus is coming back very soon. Amen. And, and we say that now with more confidence than ever. Because now we are a generation that's literally seeing all of the signs of the second coming. We know from uh, good teaching from uh, uh, Brother Joe Morris and others that we love to uh, listen to end times teaching that the, you know, the, the rapture of the church is signless. But we know that when we get into the end of the age by everything that's in the Word of God that talks about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're there right now. The rapture of the church. I mean, and it's not the first rapture to ever happen. Did you know that? But every one of them led to something different. Uh, the, 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 the Enoch, when he walked with God, once Enoch walked with God, Noah came on the scene. Judgment came. Amazing. Elijah handed off to Elijah a double portion, a greater anointing. Amen. Jesus handed the disciples the Holy Ghost, the church, the baptism in the Holy Ghost, the power of God. Isn't it amazing that the church was not founded on governmental structure because the church is the government of the kingdom on the earth but it didn't start out with this great revelation of government, governmental structure uh, in the church started out with us understanding the power of God the power of the Holy Ghost and the power of the name of Jesus that means God wants, God wants His church to be empowered Amen and in this day and hour we as the church must understand we have we have specific assignments given to us by the Holy Ghost, but we have a general assignment, assignment given to us by the Word of God, and that is to be who we are in the hour in which we live, and who we are is the church, the force that holds back that which is evil, that which is trying to come up on the earth to destroy right now. See, the devil always tries to usurp the timing of God. I mean, we see it all through the Word of God. If you want to do a study, you could begin in the Gospels and see where, you know, he showed up two years late to try and kill Jesus. But that didn't stop him from killing. Amen. There in the garden, he tried to get Jesus to drink of the cup of death. No, he wasn't supposed to drink of the cup of death in the garden. He was supposed to do it the next day upon the cross, and thank God he did it the next day upon the cross. Now, the same thing's true today. The enemy's trying to force something across a line in the sand that God said, you can't cross that line as long as the church is still there. Now, I truly believe that we're a part of a stirring right now 
that is going to cause a revival and awakening where the church in large will stand up and push back against the darkness. You say, why? Number one, because we can. Number two, because we're supposed to. And we can't be distracted by all the little petty things that go on in our own life. That's where we must walk in faith. We must stand in faith. We must walk in the faith that we have in our own heart. Walk in healing. Walk in prosperity. Walk in joy. Walk in peace. Come together corporately and use the spirit of faith to push against that which is trying to come upon the earth. That's what we're called to do. That's what we have to do as a church. A couple of scriptures real quick. Let me find it here. Did I tell you James chapter 4? James chapter 4. Verse 7, submit yourself therefore to God. Now notice this phrase, resist the devil. Everybody say resist the devil. He will flee from you. Everybody say flee from me. Now if you will go to, go to uh, where is it, 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Should be just a, a few, uh, few pages over from there. Verse 8, be sober. Everybody say be sober. Well, that's a good word right now. You say, well, don't get under the influence of all this stuff. People are so under the influence of, of coronavirus and, and Democratic and Republican. And, and Don't get under, stay sober. Let the Word of God and the Spirit of God keep you sober. You say, why? Because intoxication is always a pathway to stumbling and falling. Amen? You don't want to stumble and fall. Everybody say, be sober. Be sober, be vigilant because, now here it is again, your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now notice the next verse, verse 9. Whom resist. Everybody say resist. Now there must, there must be, we've taught this when we teach on the authority of the believer. We've taught this when we've taught on faith. We've taught this when we've taught about the word of God and its application in your life. There must be, listen to me, an active opposition, a great defiance, and a great resistance on the inside of you. Now, one of the most amazing phenomena I've ever watched in my life. And I, I, listen, the Lord had to open my eyes to this because I, there, was a, there was a couple of years in my life where I was, I was telling the Lord, I, I, I ain't doing this no more. I ain't doing this no more. I mean, it, it just seemed like there was so much resistance, so much defiance, defiance in people. I was like, good, my goodness, can't you just see? It's not good to be defiant when it comes to God. It's not good to be defiant when it comes to the Spirit of God. It's not, it's not good to do. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you are living in a time in which defiance, rebellion against God is actually the norm. And it's all in the spirit realm. I heard a guy say this the, the other day, and I thought it was really good because I've had the same thinking over the past few months and the past few years. It's, been, it's literally been since the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection. It's been since then, since the spirit realm has been that active. Now, can you imagine how active the spirit realm was that day when Jesus died? And then when He went into the tomb, and when he suffered three days and three nights, and then when he rose from the dead and walked out of the... Could you imagine how active the demonic was that first day? Oh, we got him, we got him. We're going to drag him into hell. We're going to destroy We're going to take over the earth. God will not be able to do what he desires to do. And then three days and three nights, they had high carnival in hell as Jesus suffered. 
But oh, thank God that, that clock came down to that third day and light came in the region of darkness and Jesus rose from the dead and the spirit realm reactivated the angelic realm. The power of the Holy Ghost raised him from the dead. God's greatest demonstration of power. Now here we are at the end of the age. I've been, in my confessions I make, the, praying the word to the Lord. And he said, uh, Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Uh, I'll be with you always, even until the end of the age. I, I've been saying this, here we are. <laughs> I'm glad you're with us. Here we are. But we'd be in trouble if you wasn't with us. So we have an adversary called the devil. Now we, we, we saw and we've talked this so many times. You can go to Genesis, uh, Genesis 3. I was doing some, I love to, I, I study history. I, I look at trends. I spend most of my time in the Word of God, pulling out of the Word of God information and then looking at the manifestation of that information when it comes to the history of the world since mankind came onto the world after creation. Now, let me just say this, because the Bible bears it up. There's nothing new under the sun. Amen. Heard a guy the other day say something very dangerous. He's a, quote, prophet, and, and uh, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to judge him in his gift, but I, he made a statement that, that he prophesied that there's going to be an archaeological find of, of, of information uh, that's going to be dug up out of the ground in some dig somewhere and this information is going to radically change. It's going, to, it's going to basically do away with the Bible, and it's going to be all the new information of the Word of, of, of God about God. And, all the, and I thought to myself, no, 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 that's, that's not God. My Bible says, forever, O Lord, thy Word is settled in heaven. And I don't want something dug up out of the dirt. Amen. That means we're going to have to be prepared. Because the enemy's trying to do the same old thing. He's trying to attack the Word. He's trying to attack men and women that walk in the Word. Listen, we're the greatest threat to everything that's going on in the earth right now that's of the devil. Did you know that? We are the greatest threat to all the rioting, to the murder, to the hate, to the division, to everything, that's, to the coronavirus, to any other virus that tries to rise up. We are the greatest threat to that. That's why you have been going through such a warfare in your mind. Amen? And we've taught for years, you've got to win that warfare. You've got to stay in that preeminent position of authority when it comes to your mind because you're either in the process of confirmation. Now, how would you like to be in the process of confirmation to this world and its system right now? Amen? No, sir. We're not in confirmation. We're being transformed. We're in transformation. By what? By the continual process of the renewing of our mind. I, I, I've said this so many times since this, these things have begun to unfold. I, I've, I've said... You must understand, this is the season for you to get closer to God than you ever have. If you're not doing that, you're in trouble. Not many amens on that one. Yeah, Pastor, we're just kind of cruising along and see what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. It ain't, no, it ain't going to get no better. We've said this for years. It's going to get darker and darker and darker. But in the midst of all that darkness, there is a light that cannot be extinguished and that light is in you and it needs to shine. Now, I begin to look at because I, I listened to a speech of a guy right after World War II and he began to lay out 
because he had been a, a witness and a participant of the demonic religion, and it, it's what it is, it's a demonic religion of communism. I remember when the Berlin Wall fell and all the communism of Eastern Europe and, and Soviet Union began to crumble, and, and a particular minister that I, that I liked and I listened to, he said, that religion that is demonic like that has a 70-year shelf life. It lasts a generation. And sure enough, if you look from 1917 to 1987, that's how long that thing ran. And I'm going to tell you what, the clock's running out on the communism in China right now. He said, China's doing all this bad stuff. China. Listen, there's a revival and has been a revival and they've been persecuted, but still, their lights are still shining. They're still preaching the gospel. They're still praying for revival in America. And I tell you, that demonic clock of that religion of communism is running out in many nations right now. And the good news is, right on the heels of that, comes men and women prepared to go in there with the gospel and preach the gospel. Amen? Now, he began to say, there is a process. Now, when he went back and he began to examine the lives of two different men, uh, uh, Karl Marx and uh, uh, Lenin, I forget what Lenin's first name was. These two, they call them the fathers of communism, which really they're not. They were just protégés of others. Now, this is amazing. You can go study, study it for yourself. They were protégés of others that were literally demonic. People that had sought for demonic interaction through all kinds of, of spiritual, uh, neg negative spiritual things. Uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Uh, uh, the occult, witchcraft, all of those different things. And they did. They got into that realm. They got into that demonic realm and downloaded from that demonic realm is what? The same thing that God desires to download into you, which is His will or His plan. And what do we say about uh, 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 there's nothing new under the sun? The same old, same old that's always been all the way back to the garden is what the devil has ran on the earth for the last 6,000 years. So in their writings and the way they apply their philosophy of this religion is like this. There are three, excuse me, there are four points, four things that they desire to do to you. Now, when I say they, I mean Satan, demons, the enemy, because he works through people, just like God works through people. Number one, they want to demoralize you. Out of demoralization, they want to destabilize your life. They want to bring you into a crisis and then they want to present to you what they call a new normal for your life. Now think about that for a minute. Now they say this. This guy that was giving this speech was, speech was talking about demoralization. And he said one of the things about the demoralization of an entire society is you've got to be patient because it takes time. Not only, now he called it a, a two-pronged fork because in that word is not only the word moral, which is, uh, you know, the, uh, what is right, what is moral, but it's also uh, morale. So it's your moral and your, your morale. You talk about troops having, well, those troops got a, they, they, they got good morale, man. They're ready to go fight. Or those troops, their, their moral has been, their morale has been broken. So it's not only moral, your moral. Now look at what has happened over the past few decades to our nation. 
the morals of men and women, I don't know if they could get any lower. I've never, listen, it blows my mind of how people are trying to legislate, pass laws, and get into society a normalization of child molestation. What in the world is going on? Have you heard some of the things that they're trying to do, some of the laws they're trying to pass? Not only that, some of the laws they have already passed in some states, which takes away, takes away the legal protection of children. Well, we shouldn't be surprised they're killing them in the womb. Amen. So we've got to understand. You've seen pornography off the off the off the charts. The uh, the drugs and drug addiction, all of that. That's the demoralization that takes place, which does what? It breaks the morale. Now I, I begin to study these words and, and and come up with the definitions. To demoralize is to cause to turn away from. To turn away from what is good and true and to weaken the morale of it. To upset, to destroy a normal function or to throw that function into complete disorder. You know, you know, the, you know one of the functions that this entire spirit of this entire age is trying to destroy? You know what it is? It's the family. We literally have organizations active in our nation that want to destroy what they call the nuclear family. They do not want that anymore. They do not want that to happen. They want to be able to come and take your child. They don't care about husband, wife. They don't care about any of that. Listen, that is the demoralization of an entire society. That is what is happening right now. We have to understand that. But you also have to understand that although we can look at this on a, on a national level, and pick out this and pick out that and pick out this and pick out that. This is exactly the same plan the enemy wants to run on your life personally. Number one, Satan wants to demoralize you as a person, as a believer. Listen, he wants to destroy your ineffectiveness. He wants to take you out of the fight. He wants you to end up as a victim blaming everybody and everything for your current situation. Come on. That's what he wants to do. And he does that to people. And the amazing thing is people listen to that. Christians, born again, tongue-talking, spirit-filled people that have know the Word of God and know better are listening to demoralizing narratives. They're going to take them out. That's going to take them out of the kingdom of God. Take them out of the body of Christ. Don't do it. Turn those voices off. Get that out of your mind. You've got a Bible. You've got prayer. You've got authority. You've got the church. You've got fellowship. Listen, we have so much that God has given us, not only just to protect us, but to cause us to grow and strengthen as we exercise the word and authority against the darkness of this world. The purpose of demoralization is to destabilize. What does it mean to destabilize? To make unstable. To call, now listen to this. To cause something to be incapable of functioning or surviving. Now we can go again and look at the national picture of cities that are burning. And you know, it looks like an injustice here 
leads to all this insanity and injustice here, and they're on, on both sides. You say, well, that's, that's these people. Or that, it's on both sides. Have you noticed how it's working on both sides? The destabilization, now, now I believe it's this. This is just my opinion. I always try to make sure people know when it's not doctrine. It's just my opinion. I believe it's because we're one nation under God. That word under is a powerful word. You say, well, it's one nation submitted to God. One nation submitted to God. Listen, one of the number one things that communists want to do is to get, you can't, you can't have these people, they can't be praying. They, they can't be going to church. They, we got to get rid of that Bible. Lee and I know we were, we were carrying Bibles into communist China and they, they stopped us. They arrested us. I mean, they had guns. They were like, you come with us. I mean, they didn't just think it was some light thing. They read us their entire law, how they believe that this is the most subversive book on the planet. Well, why is that? Well, because it's an anti-devil book. Amen? And you got to understand now, come down from the, from, the, uh, from the national level, come down to your own life. That's exactly, listen, we get into what I like to call routines of righteousness. Amen? Some of us have been coming to prayer. I know we've, we've taken a couple of nights off now, and we're, we're, we're coming to prayer now on Wednesday, Thursday, uh, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, but for 54 days, we came every night. Now, those, listen, that's, that, that will not destabilize you. Let me, let me try that again. 54 straight days of prayer will not destabilize your life. And coming to prayer on Thursday, Friday, uh, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, that's not going to destabilize you. Coming to church, that's not going to destabilize you. Coming to fall harvest, coming to eight, eight, eight services in a row, that's not going to destabilize you. When revival breaks out and we're having service every night, that's not going to destabilize you. What the enemy wants to do is to break your righteous routines. Giving, praying, studying the Word, Coming to church. And hey, listen, he'll give you every excuse why you need to do it. He'll point out the faults, faults of this one, the faults of that one, the faults of the pastor, the pastor's wife, the usher, this one, that one, why the church isn't doing this, why the church isn't doing that. He'll Listen, he'll take your mind and he'll turn it into a big old thing of mush. Next thing you know, your righteous behavior begins to get restricted. It grieves my heart when I see people, especially people who have been faithful, they come to church, they pray, they do, and the next thing you know, you don't see them. You don't see them for a week. You don't see them for a month. You don't see them for three months. You don't see them for four months. It's just, it's insanity is what it is, especially in this day and this hour. If you've got anything in your life that's destabilizing you right now, listen, take it and get it out of your life. Well, I'm mad at this one. I'm mad at that. Get that out of your life. Anything destabilizing your life right now that is causing the righteous lifestyle that you once used to live to no longer be the reality of your life. That is one of the greatest, greatest dangers. Now listen to this. It's one of the greatest dangers happening, happening at the worst time it could ever happen in your life. Amen? Just think. There's never a good time to have a hurricane. But what would be one of the worst times? What about right in the middle of building a house? When you got, got a half built, here comes the storm. What's that going to do? It's going to set you back to the beginning point. Amen? 
And that's exactly how the enemy, because the next thing that comes, demoralization, destabilization, the enemy knows how to do that. What happens? Crisis. Here comes the crisis. He's going to begin to take you out. He's going to begin to do stuff in your life. And some of you thinking right now, how come all this great stuff is happening to me? You're the devil picking on me. Listen, he's trying to take you out. Just the information. You could come here for one month and truly not even hear the word. Just listen to where you remember a few phrases and a few things that are said. That causes you to be a great threat against darkness. And just like God's got a plan for you, Satan will come up with a plan to try to discourage you, to try to demoralize you, to try to destabilize you, and to try to bring you or drag you into a crisis. Now, real quick, because my time's up. Are you in Genesis chapter 3? I only got one page of my notes. Let me get there real quick. Genesis 3, we've done this so many ways from so many angles. Now, notice. Can you imagine? Come on. I like that. Brian says that. Come on. <laughs> Can you imagine what it was like to be in the Garden of Eden? God took him down to the river and said, Now this is gold, and this is a diamond, and this is a ruby. That's just a rock. Don't worry about it. I mean, trees full of fruit, everything that you wanted, all these beautiful animals, paradise. No death, no aging. The presence of God, a pristine environment designed for a pristine existence. No filth, no sin, no unrighteousness. How in the world, how in the world do you take the creation of God and get them out of the garden? Now see, the garden's a type of your salvation. Your provision, salvation, the word sotos, healing, preservation, soundness, safety, and deliverance. That's what they had in the garden. You're close to God. You sense His presence. He comes down and talks with you in the cool of the day. Come on, church. Satan wants you out of that. And he's ran the same scheme. He runs it on nations. He runs it on families. He runs it on churches. And he runs it on individuals. Now, notice what he does. We can't get through all this tonight. We'll just do a couple. It says, the serpent was more subtle than the beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So he gives the woman or produces to the woman, presents to the woman a question designed to demoralize her. Now let me, let me help you real quick. Your questions many times will come through people. Now Satan, he's, he's not legally there. He's illegally there. Literally Jesus showed us that in, in Luke chapter, John chapter 10. He came over the wall. He didn't come through the gate. He's illegally there. He usurps the authority or the structure of authority of heaven by going to the woman and not the man. And he does it with a question. And what is the question referring to? The question is referring to that which gives them life, which is the Word of God. So he's challenging the very thing that gives them existence, that gives them purpose. 
that gives them purity and helps them to function with relevance on the earth. Amen? This, this is literally how the demoralization process takes place. Listen to me. Never let. Listen, this, if you don't hear nothing else tonight, listen to this. Never let anything usurp the word in your life. I don't care if you're believing God for healing, quoting every healing scripture in the Bible, standing in faith, been anointed with 1,800 gallons of oil, every healing evangelist on the planet's come and laid hands on you, and you die kicking and screaming in the hospital. Don't you dare defy and deny the word of God when it comes to healing. See, you, you, you said, no, that, no that's, that's a little radical, Pastor. Now, come on. No, 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 that's how radical you have to be or else the enemy is going to do the same thing to you. He's going to demoralize you. Now listen what that question did. That got her to thinking. Getting you to thinking ain't a good thing. <laughs> Let me try that again. Getting you to thinking ain't a good thing. Ah, don't be wrong, not supposed to think. No, no, no. There are thought patterns and ways of thinking that you don't even need to entertain. And every time, listen, every time the enemy puts a thought in your mind, he's looking for an opening night. You know, opening night like on Broadway or a Hollywood movie back when they used, I remember when I was a kid, they used to put up the, the, the big uh, 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 lights. You'd see them all over, all over Southeast Houston, all over Galveston, somewhere. You'd see these big lights, you know, oh, it's the grand opening. The entertainment's fixing to come. It's an invitation. I said it's an invitation. This question to the woman was an invitation. You know, here was the easy thing. Yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Here's the easy thing. around walk off. Look how easy that was. Wasn't that easy? Wasn't that easy? Yep. That's all you had to do. Yeah, God said that. That's exactly what he said. Yep, God said that. Now notice. The woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it. Now notice this. Least you die. That's not what God said. God said, in the day that you eat of it, you shall what? Surely die. Now, what is her foundation for her belief? It is the word of God. But when the enemy posed this question to her mind and began the process of demoralization, now he begins to back it up with a destabilization of that which God has said. What does that mean? That means there's all these trees. There's all this peace. There's all this joy. There's all this spiritual life. There's all this connection to God. And there's one tree you ain't even supposed to look at. So what is destabilization in the life of a believer? It's the ability of the enemy to get your eyes off what you do have and get your eyes onto what you're either not supposed to, have, supposed to have or what you don't have yet. You say, what do you mean? Well, that demoralizing question 
led to a destabilization that got her into a conversation with someone who wanted to kill her. I don't want to talk to anyone who wants to kill me. But sometimes we sit around talking to the devil, having conversation with him, and his total purpose is to what? To steal, to kill, destroy. Now, right now, all over the world, there's never been such a flow of information. We used to sing a little song in Sunday school when I was a kid growing up in the Assemblies of God. Uh, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful. Then it'll be, oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. And be, oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Listen, you better sing that song every day. And you better be very careful of what Jesus said. Not only what you hear, but how you hear it. You have between your ears the most magnificent computer and edit machine that has ever been invented in the creation of the universe. The only one greater than that is God. God's brain. And he said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. So this whole book is designed to bring you into his thoughts and to bring you into his ways. And in this day and this hour, you're going to have to fight truth and nail to keep from being distracted by all of the clutter. I mean, how many subjects could we come up with right now? Right now. We could go from sports to politics to medicine to, I mean, come on. And in every one of them, you're going to find all of this clutter, all of, the, all of these questions, all of these things that are designed to distract you and keep you from fulfilling the full purpose of who you're supposed to be in this day and hour. But if you won't be moved, if you'll make a decision, I ain't going to be fooled like you. There might be some things I'm not supposed to put my eyes on. There may be some things I'm not supposed to talk about. There may be some thing, places I'm not supposed to go. There may be some things I'm not, I'll tell you, I'm going to live in what belongs to me. I'm going to live in what God has blessed me with. I'm not going to get my eyes on what I can't have, what I can't do, and allow myself to be demoralized, destabilized for some crisis to totally rearrange my life and me to have to end up with some new normal. Look how many millenniums that has gone on. And you think that something's going to change now? That there's some savior going to be elected? Or some person that's going to change it all? Ain't but one's going to do it. And his name is Jesus. And he's going to do it seven years after we leave, so quit trying to change it now. Because you'll be much more apt to change it when you get back here in a glorified body with the fullness of the Spirit operating in your life than you are right now in flesh and blood, in flesh and blood that's deteriorating and a mind that takes constant attention because if you don't, it's going to drag you in to the death and the darkness of everything that's going on right now. Amen? Amen. So we're not going to fall for that. We're not going to let the devil run that on us. We're going to be, I like, it, I like to close with this, we're going to be Strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Everybody say, strong in the Lord. Come on, you can say it better than that. Strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Say it again. Strong in the Lord and the power of His Say it one more time. Strong in the Lord 
and the power of His might in Jesus' name. Don't, don't you want to close this thing out as a superman and a superwoman? Did you know you're the only supernatural people on earth? Did you know that? So well, I heard of these Satanists, they can levitate things. Just walk into one and say, in the name of Jesus, it'll all drop and flop right down on the floor. Well, I heard these occult people, they can read and they can do this. No, just walk in and say the name of Jesus and you'll see that you are the one who is the most supernatural being upon this earth. You are made in the likeness and image of your Father, but you're also redeemed by the blood of the one who set the pattern of the way you're supposed to walk on the earth. You're supposed to walk in. You're supposed to walk, number one, in love. Number two, in faith. Number three, in power. Number four, in authority. Amen? amen. Can I get a better amen? amen? Stand on your feet tonight. Glory to God. Father, we bless your name. Oh, how we thank you that you have not abandoned us or left us alone, left us undefended or unarmed, that the weapons of our warfare are mighty through the God. And we thank you, Father, for the armor of God, for the weapons of God, for the ability of God, that we are your very own children, for the mercy of God, for the grace of God, and for the great compassion of a loving Heavenly Father. Fathers, we leave tonight as we always do, as is our tradition. We appropriate, we claim the protective promises of God revealed to us through Psalms 91. We declare no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We walk on serpents, scorpions over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. A thousand could fall on our side. Ten thousand are our right hand. Only with our eyes will we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Father, in our travels, the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation, we claim our protection our safety. Lord, in the righteous labor of our hands, out in the ocean, our contractors, those that work in the plants, all of the Lord, especially our teachers and our students. Father, we pray over our educational system that it will not come subject to the insanity of this world and all that the enemy is trying to do to interrupt the normal process of a little boy and a little girl learning the basics of education, being taught by a kind-hearted teacher who has given their life to educate little children. We know that's of God. And we refuse some new normal that's just absolutely abstract and that takes that personal touch of mentoring and teaching these children and teenagers, young people, educational realities basic principles we thank you Father our teachers and our students are blessed of the Lord thank you for the door of utterance which you've granted unto us each and every one of us has a boldness a witness on the inside let us be bold as a lion open doors let us be a blessing to people problem to the devil miracle in someone's life Father, we leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. And thank you that you're watching out over us, holding us in the palm of your hand. Lord, we walk in love one toward another, thanking you for our church and all that you're doing in our midst. 
Thank you that we are the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. And that here at Island Church, we are covered by the blood. Come on, shout it out. Covered by the blood. Empowered by the word. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.